Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. You know what's really crazy today? I want to stand to do this show. I Since I started broadcasting from my house, I have this setup where it's really difficult for me to stand. And I have done radio for 30 plus years. And in a studio, I seldom stay seated on the seat. I'll sit for a while, I'll get up, because the act of standing actually means something. Last night, we kept standing at the uh, Club 47 event where Carrie Lake was speaking. And I tell you, at my age, the up and down, up and down is exercise. Like I was wishing my Fitbit would capture the movement because there was a lot of standing, standing in appreciation, standing in applause, standing in honor. And while I didn't stand every time everybody else stood, there were some things that really and truly I needed last night. Um, The demoralization that has happened to my fellow Americans and to me, I'm not immune from the demoralization. I mean, you look around and you go, oh my God, how, how are we gonna get through this? How does this work? What happened to my country? So that sentiment, even though I'm pretty pumped up and feeling quite confident about things getting better because I have a God that always makes things better. But uh, last night I was surrounded by people who were just, well, probably some of you were there I, and and you know, I tell everybody my social anxiety really keeps me out of those bigger events. If I'd have known there were a thousand people <laughs> going to be there, it might have been, uh, you know, I might not have been able to to bring myself to go. But uh, the organizers were incredible. They escorted me from the parking lot to a seat. I sat next to Hercules, man. I sat next to Kevin Sorbo, Sam and Kevin Sorbo. And, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe that's not that, impressive to you, but it's real impressive to me because that was my, my son when he was in Harvard was addicted to that Hercules legendary, whatever it was show that Kevin Sorbo was in. And, uh, he kept telling me, got to watch this show, you know? And of course, Kevin Sorbo was the first person to experience cancel culture because of his Christian beliefs and because of his, uh, Republicanism and because he is a supporter and actually a very close personal friend of Donald Trump. And, you know, I got to see people that I haven't seen in a long time, but only if they happen to be in the front row, because that's where I was. And then at one point in the night, um, one of the speakers, it might've been Dick Morris, who, in case anybody's wondering, like why I don't have Dick Morris on my show more often, is since I went to one hour, you can't have Dick Morris as a guest because he never stops talking. And it's not that what he's saying isn't great and will pump up a crowd, it is. But on a radio show, it's like brutal, right? You know, I can't cut him off, he cuts me off and it's, you know, no. 
uh, but uh, Dick Morris was there last night, and um, and I have to tell you, this crowd was amazing. I lo- turned around and took some, you know, video footage. I wish I had done more, but it's just not my style. You know, I got a picture of Ed Henry sitting there with uh, Karen Turk, which really just blew my mind. But apparently, they do a, a morning show on St- on Bannon's uh, station. But I hadn't seen Ed Henry since he got fired from Fox for, you know, whatever, having a, having a sex slave. I don't remember what it was, but it's some kind of sordid mess that he claims he's innocent of. And I would, you know, he, he's, got the, he's got the right to declare his innocence and nobody has really established that he was guilty. So who knows? But he was there. And he and I, it was funny because he and I were shooting each other a lot of like, you know, hand signs and facial expressions because... I am an ardent, and there's nobody out here who doubts this. I am an ardent supporter of Donald Trump. I am an ardent patriot. And I really, I'm ready for the fight, and the fight is here. You know, as my friend Joe said, um, the storm is here. It's not like the storm clouds are gathering on the horizon. We're in the storm. And there's there's really nothing that I like better than the storm. And, and that's a terrible thing, right? You should be happy in peaceful times. But I like the storm because the storm is where I get to separate the wheat from the chaff. The storm is where real patriots uh, don't fall apart and the fake patriots you know, go running for cover and looking for softer, kinder ways and all the rest of it. And that doesn't save a country. Right. You know, we couldn't save the country with Bob Dole and we couldn't save the country with, uh, you know, uh, uh, John McCain. And we couldn't save the country with George W. Bush and we couldn't save the country with uh, Mitt Romney. You know, and, and we certainly, certainly saw the difference when Donald Trump was in office. And, and if you're a true conservative, you know, screw everything else that they talk about and, and, and look at the at the results, that's all I care about. I'm not, you know, a, a, a fan. I'm not a uh, a groupie. You know, I was sitting with a bunch of people who like hang out with Donald Trump. Uh, you know, anybody else in my position would have been like, "Can you get a message?" You know, I okay. I don't want to hang out with him. I don't want to even know him. I want him to be my president. There's a difference. You know, I, I don't need to be the president's friend. I like to have a few congressmen who are my friends. I've always had a few congressmen as my friends because I can actually get them to do things, right? Can't get the president to do anything, least of all this president, right? You know, Dick Morris is up there screaming that uh, Carrie Lake should be the VP and, you know, and the crowd, they're there to see her. So they were, you know, jumping up and down and I'm looking at Ed, Ed Henry and he's looking at me and we're going like, no, no, actually we probably like to win. And it's not that she isn't phenomenal and will someday not be a great, you know, she could be a president, no doubt about it. But, uh, but we don't need Donald Trump in heels running with Donald Trump. And she referred to herself that way. I didn't make that up, right? But last night, Kevin Sorbo um, said something I don't. I, I think he said it in response to Carrie Lake. I think he was back in his seat, um, which so resonated with my husband that he has not stopped using this, because you know my husband, the pastor, doesn't curse, but there are some things going on right now that make you want to curse, you know. And one of the things I said to my audience yesterday was, please, you know, behave like like patriots, behave like you know decent people. 
we got to stop saying the, you know, the F word all the time because we're frustrated. And so Kevin Sorbo said that he has substituted the word Fauci for that. And I'm telling you, the crowd latched onto that and everything was Fauci that, no, Fauci, you know, it was like really, it was very clever. And, you know, he, he, I'm going to follow him on Twitter. I didn't used to. I followed Sam, his wife, but I never followed him. I'm going to definitely follow him now. He can't be on Facebook anymore. They like banned him two years ago. But I got to tell you, he was funny. He also knows how to let the person who the event is actually featuring get the, you know, he's a big star, but he did not, when he got up there, he contained himself to five minutes, I think maybe five, six minutes tops, and was extremely entertaining, extremely positive about Carrie Lake, and then he took his seat, you know, unlike Dick, Dick Morris, who like, you know, just, well, you know, he was just being Dick Morris. Um, but when Carrie Lake got there, first and foremost, you know, I'm probably not supposed to tell you how many people were there because it got to, it had to have broken like every code that exists. Um, but there were over a thousand people at this gathering. I might as well just say it. And uh, I, I I needed it. It was like it was like insulin to a diabetic. It was like an AA meeting to a, a an alcoholic. I, I you know, there's some things that you have to participate in where you're with other people who believe what you believe, right? At one point, Carrie, like I was telling this earlier, and then I just cut myself off, and, and she said something about how does it feel to the people who have been telling us for the last 30 years that there is a problem in Washington and that the problem cannot be solved by the people who created the problem or something to that effect. That's my words, right? And I turned around because when I had come in, I would only look like one or two rows behind me because it was just, it was overwhelming how many people were there. And, and I had friends in the way back that wanted to see me and introduce me to somebody, but I just, uh, thank God, the, the people were so good to me. They sat me, and as soon as Carrie Lake was finished, the security guys came and grabbed me, and Billy took us out, you know. Um, so I didn't do any networking because I don't. I don't network. But <laughs> the uh, two rows behind me was a man who, when I first got to South Florida, and I was on WFTL, and my role on that station, it was a big soap opera, right? It was a political soap opera, and every show talked about the hosts of the other show and appeared on their shows and like try to fight with each other. There were lots of debates. And when I got there, they didn't have any independent, it was all conservatives. Uh, they had, no, that's not true. They had Norm Kent. He was the liberal, the late great Norm, Norm Kent. And then they had like a kind of moderate guy, Gary Daniels in the afternoon. And they had, you know, a sex chick at the night. Um, but, and Craig Worthing who didn't have a political bias or leaning at the time. And then they brought me in and they said, we need somebody who can argue the, the liberal side of this, or at least be an independent and don't, you know, don't, uh, fall into the, the trap. And I said, well, that's going to be difficult, but I grew up in New York. So I, I know how liberals think. And I was a liberal, you know, so I played the part. And at one point they arranged for me to debate with the person who was the chairman of the Republican Party of Palm Beach County. His name was Sid Dinerstein or Dinerstein. I forgot how he pronounced it, but he was there last night. And like, I'm looking at Sid when whoever it was said, like, how did it feel the people who were telling you 30 years ago that this mess would happen if we didn't 
really, you know, do what needed to be done. If we didn't elect Republicans who acted like patriots and not became part of the problem. And I looked, I turned around and looked at Sid and, you know, I, I gave him a, you know, thumbs up because he, um, he watched my transformation. He was part of my transformation. Some of his arguments uh, helped me step out into conservatism visibly and vocally. And so he is definitely a mentor. And I turned around, looked at him, and I thought, you know, it's true. I'm angry, and I've only been in the fight for 30 years. How do the people who've been in the fight for 50 years feel? You know, to, to see our country just descend into this condition. Today at uh, 2 o'clock, there will, there will, oh no, I, I think at 1 o'clock, there will be a protest in front of the Wilkie D. Ferguson courthouse. Now, I've asked everyone, and it was, uh, it was said last night too, um, that we have to be the, the civilized people in this. We're not Antifa, you know, but we do have a right to let them know that we stand with Donald Trump. So people will be gathering out there, and then at 3 o'clock, the president is expected to be there for the arraignment, which will take place in front of a magistrate, not in front of the judge who's been assigned the case, who, of course, there's all kinds of controversy about that because she's a Trump appointee. And the people who are next in line are all like Obama and Bush appointees. But, you know, whatever, however that happens, whether she steps down or doesn't, I, I don't believe she's going to recuse herself, actually, but we'll see what happens. But what we want the people to know, because I don't know that the politicians care what we think. As a matter of fact, I'm beginning to believe they don't care what you think. They're going to do what they want anyway. But the rest of the country needs to know how we feel and needs to know that there are other people like them. I think last night, um, Carrie Lake said that they're inside of every, because she's been traveling the country, obviously, and inside every liberal that she's met in blue states, there's a conservative dying to get out. And I had to think about that. As a matter of fact, it kept me up last night for an hour or two, because I think she's hit on something and the, the, the movement never was comprised of hardcore Republicans. It just wasn't. I remember how the movement started this time in the Tea Party, and it was like a kind of a, not actually bipartisan, but it, there certainly were a lot of independents there. And we were together because we didn't want to be, you know, Tea stood for taxed enough already, okay? And I just was... Um, I knew what she was talking about, that something is happening right now in this country. And I've always told you that I'm prescient about how the, the mood of the country is. Um, and I'm grateful that, that I have that discernment. But the mood of the country right now is, as, and, and I'll be quoting Carrie Lake because she hit some great points last night, the mama bears are upset. They really are. They don't like this. Even the mama bears, you know, now look, if you're a, a liberal political activist, you know, a hardcore Democrat, nothing's going to change your mind, right? You, you just, that's who you are. And you have Trump derangement syndrome and you hate Republicans and you hate, you know, conservatives and you want to, you know, hang pride flags up at the White House like they did and have some naked transgender person, you know, parading at the White House. You know, that's okay with you, but that's not okay with most of America. Come on. It's just not okay. So you, you're seeing this, this movement again. The movement that existed is getting energized, and there's a new movement. 
there's a new movement of people who say we're going too far in the other direction. Like we need to pull back. We really need to pull back. And so, um, you know, I, I can't predict, but my hope is that there's no violence today. Um, people mind, if you're in your car going down there, mind your manners because uh, we're decent. We don't do things the way the uh, left does them. And we'll see, you know, we, we have to stand behind our beliefs, whether that's cultural, religious, or national, okay? So we have the president, the 45th president of the United States being arraigned. He's got uh, former federal prosecutor Todd Blanche with him and the former Florida solicitor general Chris Kyes with him. Uh, at least that's what I've been told. His co-defendant, who's his valet, Walt Nauta, will be represented by Stanley Woodward. And they spent the afternoon uh, yesterday interviewing potential lawyers, but they didn't get anybody to join the team. And I get that. You know, some people don't want to do that, don't want to deal with this. Some people don't believe what we believe. And we need a specialist national security lawyer with a security clearance, or it's gonna be very hard for the president to navigate the Espionage Act charges. That's just the, the truth of the matter. And trial lawyers, whatever. But here's the, here's the deal. I, I, I am sending out a call. The storm clouds are not on the horizon anymore. The storm is here. You must be prepared for the storm. And you must be motivated. Because if you don't care enough to participate in the pushback against the insanity that's going on right now, then it will get worse. And I can't imagine it any worse. All right, don't forget uh, to download the app, the 850WFTL app, and to visit our website, 850WFTL.com. I did put up some video of Carrie Lake last night. If you want to see it, uh, you know, go to the website or look at your app. I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasts casting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com so i was all uh, ticked off at newt gingrich the other day because I, I really wasn't uh, i didn't like the way he had approached some subject and uh, and then i saw this piece today i saw it this morning where um he said everything i've been trying to say but he said it in you know the smartest man in the room style because <laughs> that's what he is so, uh, you know, I'm going to share some of it with you. I'm sure many of you have seen it. He said, the planned indictment of former President Donald Trump for, quote, mishandling national secrets, end quote, is the natural next phase of the left-wing establishment's arrogance and corruption. The left has been desperately trying to stop Trump since he announced his candidacy in 2015, 
Recall the made-up Trump Tower Moscow scandal, the phony Russia-Trump collusion scandal, the made-for-TV impeachment effort, etc. The constant attacks have only eroded America's trust in government institutions, which is a far bigger problem than the left's hatred of Trump. There are several other indictments that should have been announced to establish or reestablish the integrity of the rule of all. First, corrupt FBI agents, such as those identified in the Durham report, should have already been indicted for extraordinary violations of their oaths of office. They lied to FISA court judges. They deliberately pursued a case they knew was based on a lie. They leaked knowingly phony information to the left-wing media to further undermine Trump, first as a candidate and then as president of the United States. They should all face legal consequences. Other FBI officials should be indicted for colluding to protect Hillary Clinton when she clearly broke the law repeatedly. How many classified documents were saved on then-Secretary of State Clinton's illegal home server? How did her emails end up on Anthony Weiner's laptop? How does someone erase more than 32,000 potentially evidentiary emails and get off scot-free? How does a government official order her staff to destroy evidentiary hard drives with a hammer and face no consequences? Further, why did the then-director of the FBI arrogate to himself a decision that belongs to prosecutors and hold a press conference exonerating Clinton during a presidential campaign. The Durham report makes crystal clear the FBI's double standard of aggressive hostility towards Trump and defensive deference towards Clinton, that there may have not have been any indictments of Clinton or the Bidens for that matter, demonstrates that the current corrupt senior leadership of the FBI is protecting itself and its allies and attacking its perceived enemies. Second, there should be a wave of indictments against the University of Pennsylvania, the University of Delaware, and other universities that have been illegally accepting secret foreign money and refusing to report it to federal authorities. As the U.S. Department of Education website notes, Section 117 of the Higher Education Act of 1965 requires institutions of higher education that receive federal financial assistance to disclose semi-annually to the U.S. Department of Education any gifts received from and contracts with a foreign source that alone or combined are valued at $250,000 or more in a calendar year. That statute also requires institutions to report information when owned or controlled by a foreign source. We have no idea how many millions of dollars Communist China gave to the University of Pennsylvania and Delaware, where President Joe Biden has education centers. According to estimates, which are likely low, the University of Delaware, which houses about 1,850 boxes of Biden's vice presidential and senatorial documents, received $6.7 million in anonymous donations from the Chinese government. The University of Pennsylvania received nearly 40 million, 60 million, including contracts. Both universities and many more are still breaking the law and not reporting foreign money they receive. At the same time, former University of Pennsylvania President Amy Gutman, who also helped create the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in Washington, became Biden's ambassador to Germany. Former University Board of Trustees Chairman David L. Cohen is Biden's ambassador to Canada. 
These two became ambassadors after members of the Biden team received huge salaries from the University of Pennsylvania. At least 10 other people in the Penn-Biden Center payroll ended up with senior positions in the Biden administration. This includes Secretary of State Antony Blinken. We have no idea the source of the money paid to Blinken when he managed the Penn-Biden Center. Now he's America's chief diplomat. It is amazing the arrogance with which elite universities take millions from foreign sources and simply ignore the law and reject the federal government's demands for information. The leadership of these institutions should be indicted for illegally accepting foreign money and hiding it from the people. Does anyone secretly believe the widow of the mayor of Moscow sent Hunter Biden $3.5 million out of the goodness of her heart? Did the Ukrainian natural gas firm Burisma pay Hunter Biden millions because of his expertise? Does anyone really think a Chinese billionaire sent Hunter Biden exquisite diamond just because they're just good friends? Chairman James Comer and the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability have produced evidence that the death of deliberate corruption in the Biden family operation is worthy of a Hollywood blockbuster. The Bidens have created layers of phony companies as pass-throughs to hide a trail of foreign money that they've been getting. President Biden claims to know nothing of his son's business dealings, but the records show then-Vice President Biden was routinely meeting with Hunter Biden's business associates. The evidence is clear that Biden's brother was also deeply involved in the influence peddling scheme. Much of this was initially reported as Hunter Biden's laptop began to be investigated. Biden government officials immediately falsely claimed the story was Russian disinformation. Whistleblowers and potential eyewitnesses have been surfacing, yet after three years, there has been no action. In fact, FBI leadership insisted that the IRS disband a team that was looking into Hunter Biden and corruption. These are the indictments that should have been announced this week. Instead, the FBI has protected the Bidens just as it protected the Clintons. The contrast with the ruthless, dishonest, and illegal efforts to ruin President Trump is stunning. This is the scale of corruption, bias, and lawlessness with which the American people should weigh the Trump indictments. I mean, what can I say except exactly, exactly. Do not listen to all of the noise. It'll make you sad. It'll make you crazy. It'll make you think there's no hope. But I believe, and I know this to be a fact, that they thought they could get him to leave this race because, for goodness sake, for Fauci's sake, why would anybody endure what he's enduring and will have to continue to endure. He said at his speech on Georgia, every time he flies over a blue state, he gets a subpoena. You know, they don't know any bounds. And they're just, you know, they're just counting on us not complaining because we're so civil. Well, we can complain civilly, okay? And that's a must. And do not vote for anybody in the upcoming elections who doesn't understand that we stand for equal justice. Stop telling me about equity. and Let's get back to equality. What's sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. If Donald Trump is going to be dragged into court over this uh, papers, mishandling of papers, then Hillary Clinton's case should also have to appear 
and probably uh, Vice President Mike Pence too. You know, when when Carrie Lake did a poll last night to see who supported who, now obviously the crowd was stacked with Trump supporters, so, you know, we knew how that was going to happen. It's like when you go to CPAC, you know who's going to win. Um, but it was interesting because I thought there would be some, they was, these were hardcore Republicans, right? I thought there would be some who would, you know, raise their hand for Ron DeSantis, and they did not. People were shouting out, disloyal, forgot where, you know, how he got there. Um, and then when, they, when she said Mike Pence, it was amazing. I mean, the people were furious. Called him a traitor. You know, I didn't say anything. These are the moments when Ed Henry and I look at each other and go, Whoosh. you know, I don't want to be caught on camera, you know, saying something that, because that, I, I don't think he's a traitor, you know. And, and I don't think that uh, Ron DeSantis, I just think Ron DeSantis made a terrible error, a big mistake. And it's going to cost him his whole political career. He, he, he did. He threw the, he rolled the dice and he got craps. You know, that's, what's, that's how this story is going to end. But that's okay, you know, because uh, maybe the growth will be good for him. And you never know. You know, these people are hell-bent. I'm so grateful that the champion right now that I, I support, he said, I'm staying. I'm going to fight. By the end of this, I want you to understand and Donald Trump knows this, and, and Melania knows this, and, and probably all his kids know this as well. At the end of this, Donald Trump will be broke because lawfare is extremely costly. You have to have the best lawyers. You have to, you know, it, it's just extremely costly. So any money that he was going to throw into his campaign, he's not going to throw into his campaign. It's going to be up to the people to do that. And... I'm going to stand behind him because I know he will not break. I am so sick of soy boys and mushy guys who, you know, with their waxed uh, eyebrows and, 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 and all the rest of it, uh, slick politicians. I'm sick of them. I need somebody who stands at the front and is willing to take the arrows that they're aiming at us. It's you they want, you know. All right, um, let me take a break. Uh, I'm on fire. You know, I'll be speaking tomorrow. I, I don't know if I can disclose the location, but you know, it's, it's, I'm just on fire because I understand something that nobody else does. And this is why I was able, when he came down that escalator, to declare that day that I knew the country was looking for somebody who would say exactly what he was saying. They were looking for somebody who said he would secure the border, who said he was going to be the voice of the forgotten man, that he was going to go around the country and find out what it is that people wanted from their president, and then he was going to promise to do it. And when he said that, I knew the mood of the country. I knew what it was like coming out of the years of Obama. And I said to myself, he's going to be the president of the United States. And I said that on the air. And boy, I'll tell you, I got whipped for seven months until, you know, people started softening a little bit. And then when he got the nomination, when he won the primary, it was amazing. Everybody come right over my side. Well, I just want to let all of you who still, you know, think it's not going to be Donald Trump and you don't want it to be Donald Trump. When he gets the nomination, you will be welcomed with open arms, just like you were last time. We might make faces, but we will. 
We'll give you a hug. All right, let me take a break. I'll be right back. And the hits just keep coming. What can I tell you? You know, I just got a notice. I'm on all these uh, mailing lists because I want to know what they're doing. The U.S. Department of Defense, uh, immediate release. The Biden administration announces additional security assistance for Ukraine. Today, the Department of Defense announced additional security assistance to meet Ukraine's critical security and defense needs. This authorization is the Biden administration's 40th drawdown of equipment from DOD inventories for the Ukraine since August of 2021. It includes key capabilities to aid Ukraine's efforts to retake its sovereignty. You know, how much more? $325 million in this package. $325 million for Stinger anti-aircraft systems, additional ammunition for high-mobility artillery rocket systems, artillery rounds, 15 Bradley infantry fighting vehicles, 10 striker armored personnel carriers, Javelin anti-armor systems, tube-launched optically-tracked wire-guided tow missiles, anti-armor system, over 22 million rounds of small arms ammunition and grenades, demolition munitions for obstacle clearing, tactical secure communication support equipment, spare parts and other field equipment. The United States will work with its allies and partners to provide Ukraine with capabilities to meet its immediate battlefield needs. When does this end? When does this end? And when are we going to admit to the American people that we're in this up to our eyeballs now? There's a war going on between Russia and the Ukraine. And I'm just, you know, I'm just a realist. I I don't believe that no matter how many uh, weapons we give them, that the Ukraine is going (laughs) to, I don't believe it's going to survive, never mind become, you know, to win a war. So what are we doing? Nobody has told me what we're doing. And if we're going to, meet Ukraine's critical security and defense needs, there's only one way we can do that. And that's to send troops there. End of story. Not advisors, not uh, trainers, but troops. And mark my words, the only reason he hasn't sent troops yet is because we're in an election season. And that will not play out well with the American people. You know, I, 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 look, do I have empathy for the Ukraine and do I loathe what v- Vladimir Putin is doing? Oh, absolutely. But I've got a military that's depleted, that doesn't have enough munitions, that can't afford to be sending stuff anywhere because guess what? Things are not looking real good for the world right now. We've got nuclear weapons in Iran. We've got the madman in North Korea. We don't like to talk about it, right? I, unless Donald Trump's in the White House, then we talk about, oh, they love each other. Blah, blah. No, no, no. These things are all going on right now. We have Israel under attack and Israel attacking back. It is literally a boiling pot. And if it continues in this manner, it is entirely possible that we are looking at World War Three, And if we are, our military is so unprepared that it's frightening. When we have to go to other countries to get people to sign up to be in the military, because I told you that yesterday, they literally sent out a memo that they're going to be offering citizenship to people. 
And, and, you know, the first example they used was a woman from Nepal who wants to serve. So great. We're going to get a bunch of uh, ladies who are not allowed to serve in the military in their country come over here and join the military. Now, I'm a big respecter of women. I happen to be a woman. I think women can do most things. They certainly are valuable in the military. I wouldn't put them on the front lines, but that's just me. So I look at this and I say to myself, we don't even have a fighting force. And I know we don't have enough equipment. And I know our equipment, you know, some of it is faulty. You know, how many, how many helicopters have to go down? How many marine uh, fixed wing aircraft have to go down? How many training people do we have to lose before we realize that we're, we're, uh, we're behind the eight ball? We're not in front of it anymore. Our military is depleted and we're sending equipment over there with no end in sight. We haven't said, well, you know, we'll do this until X, Y, Z happens, whatever that is, until Kiev falls, until whatever. There should be a plan and we should be told about it. Congress is uh, very lackadaisical, but that's because they're playing whack-a-mole. Oh, it's indictment. Oh, 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 we got to go after this. Oh, I get it. But come on, guys, you know, and then we got to fight a culture war on top of it. I got a memo here. I can't reveal the way I get these, but this from uh, DHS, Department of Homeland Security. They have rescinded the Trump termination of temporary protected status designations for El Salvador, Honduras, Nepal, and Nicaragua. So who would have figured they would give status to who knows how many? which will also TPS give status to newly arrived. You know, what the Fauci are they doing here? Extends temporary protected status designations. El Salvador, the land of MS-13. Yeah, come on, come on over. You got TPS. I, I don't know what's going on in Honduras, but I don't think it's very good since there are a tons of Hondurans trying to cross our southern border. Nepal, you know, finally, we have some kind of position on Nepal. Those people have been besieged by China and literally the uh, Dalai Lama has to live in India. Can't live in Nepal. And Nicaragua? You know, so in other words, if your country is so messed up, come here. <laughs> you know, that's not how this is supposed to work. Now, I believe you can have political refugees who can't go back to their homeland because they'll be killed, like the Cubans. But um, I don't know about any of these other groups. Nobody asked me, you know, and I'd like to know. How dare you? How dare you extend TPS to all these different places and not explain why? You know, is, are these people political prisoners or political uh, activists that are running away from a, a, a government? Because that's not the people we see at the border. Just saying. You know, I got enough good friends who are down at the border asking questions in English and in Spanish. And they're telling me, uh-uh, no, no. These people say they're coming here because they can't work and they're scared of, uh, you know, the crime on the streets. And, you know, okay, a uh, good reason. But that's not our policy. And that's what kills me. We don't even follow our own policy. They want to make more laws and they can't observe the laws we have. They refuse to observe the laws we have. Anyway, let me take a break and then uh, don't forget Dan Bongino comes up at one o'clock. He scared me yesterday talking about how 
you know, there weren't accommodations for the Secret Service. Uh, anyway, I, 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 do, uh, I do need to hear Dan. So uh, that comes up right after me. At 4 o'clock, it's Ben Shapiro. And at 5 o'clock, it's Matt Walsh. And then at, no, it's not Matt Walsh. It's, uh, is it Matt Walsh? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I think it is. Anyway, um, and then uh, the WPTV News tonight at 6, and then great people all night long. So stay right where you are. I'll be back to finish the show. So, uh, you know, just wondering, how, how you guys feel about that uh, transgendered couple um, with their tops off in front of the White House, in front of the pl pride flag, which, by the way, broke the U.S. flag code. You are never to have American flags with another flag unless the American flag is in the middle, front and center. So they put the pride flag in the middle. That is a violation of the flag code. Tomorrow's flag day, you know, but they don't care. You know, the left has their own, uh, you know, order of things. They do not care. And that's why I say, listen, you know, if, if that's okay with you, then you'll be very happy, Biden, you know, term. But if you, like me, are really sick of watching news like the trans cyclist who just won the elite North Carolina race by five minutes, a transgender woman won the woman's title. Now, let me ask you a question. How long are you going to put up with this? That's the question. You know, and, and the answer is, this is a direct result of everything we let slide. So it's time, it really is time to just get it together. You know, if you're not, if you're not prepared, get prepared. Okay, if you're sad and, and worried and, and nervous, um, then you need to read more and turn off the noise, except for talk radio. Listen to us, because I'm telling you, you know, we're in the middle of this. We're the people on the ground. You know, what I saw last night, everybody should have a dose of, okay? Just this intense energy. And people of all ages, young people, old people, m most, mostly people like me, you know, mostly people in their, you know, later uh, years. But dynamic people are leading this movement just like the Tea Party. Remember all those guys we got into Congress? They were dynamic. Some of them ended up being great. Some of them were awful. And so they got unelected. We got to keep doing that. It's not enough to sit back and say like, well, you know, um, there are plenty of people who are willing to go out there and fight. I'll, I'll, I'll send a check. Send the check and then get up. Get up off your butt. Because this is important stuff. You know, I would be down at the courthouse if I didn't have to do this show, but I know the, the importance of doing this show. And so I couldn't make it to the courthouse. But uh, Carrie Lake is there. Lots of people are there. As a matter of fact, looking at, at footage right now, a lot of people, most of them behaving. Of course, there's always going to be a knucklehead in the crowd. You know, you don't be the knucklehead, okay? You be the, the, the person who stands and says... This is unequal justice. We do not want to see the prosecution of the leading Republican nominee for the presidency prosecuted in this manner over and over again. This is nonsense. Nobody believes for a second 
that Donald Trump is a spy and was, you know, giving secrets to foreign governments. That's what that act was supposed to cover. Not this nonsense. Not these process crimes that they're going to get everybody on. Thank God we have somebody who's got enough money to fight the fight and definitely enough guts and us. He's got us. So wear your hats. Put your bum. Stop acting like, oh, I don't want to get into a discussion about Donald Trump. Oh, no, no. Even my friends and family, I can't tell them I'm a Trump supporter. Uh, you know, uh, Fauci that. That's my new curse word. Fauci that. Get your Fauci hats on and, and, and get, get activated. M make the case. I'm making the case. You know, I, I, don't, I don't care. Whatever they are saying, they're saying it deliberately. This is all intentional. And Joe Biden is absolutely the most destructive force in the history of U.S. politics. He's too dumb to govern. He's too cowardly to do the right thing and too corrupt to stop with the grift. It's all intentional. So I thank you for your time this time. Next time, my plan is definitely to be back here tomorrow at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. Remember what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, reach deep down into what's in you and get up and become activated. We got a fight on our hands. We didn't pick this fight, but we will win this fight. God bless you and God bless Donald Trump and God bless the USA. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.